1 Thessalonians 4. The first thing we need to determine, who is the, the sleeper? I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep. Who are they? Dead believers in Christ. That in Christ is important. Church age believers who have died, particularly to the immediate concern, those of our loved ones who are believers who have died. He says that we should not be concerned because, notice verse 14, God will bring with him, with Christ, those who sleep in Jesus. So this tells us that when the Lord Jesus Christ comes for his church, who's coming with him? Those believers who have departed this life and gone into his presence. Remember what Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians 5, sorry, 2 Corinthians 5, absent from the body, face to face with the Lord. When you close your eyes in death, you open your eyes in heaven. We grieve for those who have died. If they're believers, they're rejoicing. They're not weeping. They have made it into their eternal reward. Then he says, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain will, until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who sleep. The word precede, uh, we're not going to go ahead of them. We're not going to leave them behind, as it were. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Who are the dead in Christ? They're those who sleep. I have a question for you. How can the believers who have died both be coming with him and rising from the ground at the same time? The body comes up from the tomb. The spirit comes down with the Lord, is reunited, and we move on from there. For the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. A word caught up is... Arpazo, caught up. Uh, from this, we get the Latin, from which we get the English. All three words have the same meaning. It means to be snatched, to be seized by force, to be picked up bodily and carried away. That's the idea behind the words. And we have at least three biblical illustrations and examples of the rapture of the church. I'm not going to ask that you turn to them. I'm sure you're probably familiar with uh, the incidents. You remember Philip in Acts chapter 8. You remember when Philip went down into Gaza to witness to the Ethiopian eunuch? He explains to him the book of Isaiah in terms of Jesus Christ. He, the uh, Ethiopian eunuch says, what hinders me from being baptized? Philip says, if you believe with all your heart, you may. They go down in the water. He baptizes the Ethiopian Philip. And then what happens? <laughs> Philip was arpazoed. Same word. All of a sudden, one minute he's there. Next minute he's gone. He's someplace else. That's one example that we have in Acts 8. 
and verse 39. Example number two, the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul says in verse 1, it is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, that such a one was caught up. Same word, harpazo. Caught up to heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I do not know, God knows, how he was caught up into where? Paradise. Where's paradise? It's in the third heaven. What's the third? Do you know why the Greeks called it the third heaven? The first heaven was where the birds fly. The second heaven was where the sun, the moon, the stars, and the planets are. The third heaven's where God lives. That was why they called it the third heaven. So if Paul was caught up to the third heaven, to the throne room of God, and he says that he was caught up to paradise, where's paradise? In heaven. So next time someone tells you, well, the thief on the cross didn't go to heaven, he just went to paradise, turn him here and say, could you explain this to me? So 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 4, Paul is harpazo. Third is the Lord Jesus Christ himself in Revelation 12, 5. Remember the story of the woman in travail. She was longing to give birth and she gave birth to a man child that was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up into heaven. Picture of the ascension of Jesus Christ, which is quite interesting when you think about it. Because in Acts chapter 1, the angels tell the disciples, this same Jesus who has gone from you in this way, will return in like manner. When did he tell him? Oh, wasn't that at the upper room? I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will return to receive you to myself. And therefore, his ascension becomes a picture of the rapture of the church. There's actually one more, but it doesn't use the word harpazo. I'll give it to you anyway. And that is the Apostle John in Revelation 4, verse 1. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. Our third example. And the voice I had first heard uh, speaking to me like a Lord trumpet Jesus said, Christ himself. Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. Revelation. At once I was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. A rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. He hears a voice. It's a voice of him who spoke to me that sounded like a trumpet. And he said, come up here. And that's the last mention of the church in the book of Revelation until chapter 19, because the rest of it has to do with the tribulation. And then the church is not there.